When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I am your host, Mark, and today we are joined by recording engineer, producer, musician, gardener, part-time luthier, and breakfast burrito enthusiast, Tom Biller. He's worked with heavyweights like John Bryan, Fiona Apple, and Kanye West, and we talk about all of that. We talk about a lot, including the time he won a Grammy and then broke it. But I think... Everything started with the amazing advice his dad gave him about taking guitar lessons. Learn how to play, and then we'll think about lessons. He's been keeping busy during the pandemic by doing some mixing, fixing up the Beastie Boys' old studio, and producing albums based on the artist's height. This episode is a lot like jazz, guys. It's a little chaotic, but it all works out. So follow Tom on social media. Follow us at Performance ANX. Subscribe, rate, review... Buy us a coffee with no commitment at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. Merch is at performanceanx.threadless.com. Let's... Hi, I'm, I'm Tom Biller, and I'm an uh, engineer, mixer, producer, musician, and uh, you're on performance anxiety. I'm on performance anxiety. I have anxiety about this performance. Okay, hold on. Nobody's made that joke, right? Nobody's made that joke. All right. Hi, um, my name's Tom Biller. I'm the uh, engineer, producer, mixer, and I'm on performance anxiety. Is that good? Yeah, I could do it in a deeper voice. No. Sexier voice? Do you need a sexy voice? No. That's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can do it again. I can do it again if you want. Do you want another one? or it's... Do one more. Hi, I'm Tom Biller. I am a producer, engineer, and mixer, and I'm on performance anxiety. Yeah. Play, play them all at the same time. There's one big layer. All right. Hi, I'm, I'm Tom Biller. I'm Tom Biller. I'm a producer, engineer, mixer, producer, musician. I'm on performance anxiety. I'm on performance anxiety. Is that all right? That's good. I, I don't know. I don't know how you do this stuff. It's, yeah. All right. I, I poured myself a drink, but my ice is a little too big for it right now. I got to let it... <laughs> I gotta let it melt a little bit. There's nothing wrong with large ice cubes. <laughs> I just, I was like, ah, I gotta get something before he, before he texts me that he's ready. So I just went in the freezer. We had a bag of ice. I just grabbed it and like, oh, crap! Now my hands are all over it. I can't put it back. <laughs> so, oh well. That'll happen. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be a nice distilled, watered down 
fingers worth of Elijah Craig. Yeah, but here's the thing now. I have just regular ice cubes, so I'm, I'm feeling a little complex. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's okay. It's okay. Well, I don't judge a person by the size of their cubes. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is awesome. Oh, thanks for having me. This is uh, a, uh, a, an interesting uh, thing here, talking into my phone again. I'm actually testing out some new headphones. So, oh, nice. What yeah, do you got there? AKGs. So they they uh, sent them to me to and a bunch of the people on our on the Pantheon Podcast Network to test out and and uh, see how they work. And I'm actually on no joke. I'm actually loving them. They're nice, nice. and weighted perfectly, and they fit my ears nice <laughs> nice and com- cozy and comfortable yes very very comfortable i'm very happy this is the first time i've used them so i'm very happy with them so far nice those are good i i, I like akgs that's, that's good stuff yeah i also got a mic but it's uh i, I don't want to mess with it I, mean, I just got it today and i don't want to use it until i test it a little bit yeah 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 totally have to mess around with it a little bit uh, yeah mess around mess around yeah so and hopefully yeah. I, you're in California, so you don't. You're not gonna get this. But we're getting uh, all kinds of snow apparently tomorrow. So I may have a whole day to mess around. You're getting snow out there, yeah. It's 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 uh it's the the winter the winter breeze is starting to hit us. I mean, <laughs> I complain I complain a little bit because it's cold out here, but it, it's not really cold. And you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so I'm used to it. I was gonna and, ask. That was be one of the first things I wanted to ask you was whereabouts in Pennsylvania. About an hour south of Pittsburgh, really. Um, oh, okay. In a town called Masontown. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. actually probably not all that far from where I am now in Winchester, Virginia. It's not far. Yeah, I mean, it's it's close to like Uniontown, Morgantown's not too far. You okay. know, um, yeah, it's far enough from Pittsburgh to be uh, and close enough to West Virginia to be uh, pretty much right in the sticks. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I know how you yeah. feel. Yeah, but it's I've, pretty uh, down there too. And you know, we used to drive to uh, Ocean City, Maryland, all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, go down, cut through Virginia and Maryland, and all that good stuff. And it's it's pretty country. I miss it. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. I I love Winchester, and I love the, the whole Shenandoah Valley. It's just it's gorgeous. This time of year, the right when the leaves change and all, it's just it's absolutely, absolutely stunning. Yeah, it's really really nice. So, how did you get into music in the first place? I mean, was your was a lot of music in the house growing up, or were you more like of a black sheep of the family? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, other than you know, my big brother had a guitar, and I always idolized that, and uh, you know, so that was probably a little bit of the first sense of of something, probably when I was a kid, but. Um, and you know my my brother and sister are both ten years older than me, so they had a nice old uh, kind of classic rock collection. Oh, nice! To chew on when I was a kid, so um, I was getting a lot of that. I think in the early years, you know, and then I guess just got the bug at some point, like a lot of people. You know, um, records started in, in in CDs, if you will. You know, started yeah. to make make more sense to me than high school football and things <laughs> like that. Yeah, so, um, you know, and I just started kind of tinkering away since then. And uh, I don't know how the heck I got here. 
<laughs> well, we'll, but, uh, we'll, fi- we'll figure that out here but, uh, as we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but it, but as far as that, you know, uh, you know, like a lot of people, I just you know started to obsess over things like reading liner notes and things like that, and, and that's me. Uh, and uh, you know how to figure out how to play this guitar solo this week, and and, and oh, that, yeah. and and all that, and then I you know and I started uh, taking some you know I played trumpet for a couple of years in junior high band and. Uh, did that kind of a thing, but, um, okay. I've got a trumpet player at the house too. I got, I actually have a nice. trumpet player, a tuba player and a French horn player. Your kids. Yep. That's amazing. Got a whole brass section. My house is a cacophony. <laughs> it's better than a bunch of drummers. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> with, the, with that tuba, my, my son brings the tuba home. <laughs> yeah. It depends on how good they are. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, they're, they're good. Yeah, they're getting there. They're not pro. Uh, how old are they again? You said they're, they're kind of teenagers, uh, right? Yeah, I've got... Uh, they, oh, my daughter actually just heard me say that, so she's staring at me like, I can't believe you just said that. Oh. <laughs> and now my son's joining in on the staring, and yeah. uh, my youngest daughter will be here shortly. But I've got uh, yeah. a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, and soon-to-be 18-year-old. That's, that's, that's crazy. Oh, it, I, it's wonderful though. I mean, it, it's, I have two myself, so it, it's, uh, I, I know the, uh, the, the joys and the, and the, the trials and the trials and the headaches yeah. and the, no, it's all, it's good. It, 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 it's good. And it, what it, it's amazing that, um, I have a little four-year-old and, uh, she is just, she sings like nonstop and is always banging on stuff. And, you know, I have a piano in the house, so she's always you know bashing on that and and you know she is for a four-year-old she knows like she memorizes lyrics like nobody's business she knows oh, all wow. of them and so she's i'm starting to give her some lessons over the over our uh quarantine and all that stuff we have um too much time on our hands so you know i just it, the least yeah. we can do is try to teach her a few things like that and i was really excited the other day because you know i went through and i was like henry her name's henry and uh okay. I, I you know i quizzed her and i was like what hey what note is this and pointed and she's like that's a c and bam, nailed it so nice I, I, either she got lucky or something's starting to sink in <laughs> but uh yeah either way, that's it, impressive it, yeah it's it's nice though when you see your kids starting to do those kind of things and and yeah take interest in all oh yeah that stuff yeah because when i when i was a kid you know my my parents loved to listen to music, but neither of them played anything. And so I was, I wanted to take a guitar lessons and, and there didn't happen until, I don't know, uh, senior year in high school or something like that. When they said, okay, you can actually drive to lessons now. So now you can we'll, we'll for pay it. for them, but get out of yeah. the house. But I never learned to read music or anything like that. And so I'm, I'm really glad my kids can read music and they can play uh multiple instruments they've all taken guitar lessons and now they're horns so i think it's yeah. just incredibly important i think so too i think it, it it makes you smarter as a kid i think i think doing um learning instruments learning other languages you know kind of exercising those muscles in a different way is is i think it helps in a in a lot of ways and whether you're studied and you read and all that stuff that's one thing but something about i just think it is there's something about the resonance of music in general that um the more you do it the you know hopefully 
kind of smarter you get in other things you know it teaches you yeah. a lot of it teaches you a lot of different things about life if you let it so it, it i think that uh the younger you can get that of uh, the the better I, I wish i had it a little younger than than i started and like yeah. almost wish i was forced to like take piano lessons when i was six or or yeah, something me too. But, you know i i remember asking my dad i was like can i get guitar lessons and you know i was probably like 10 or 12 and he was like well, there's a guitar here. Learn how to play it first, and then you you can get lessons. And I was like, "Well, that's why I want to." What the hell you think I'm doing here? But but it gave me this. Yeah, but you know, I think back about that, and it gave me this thing of like, I'm just gonna learn how to do it. I'm gonna try to figure it out, and you know, for better or worse, I, I've tried to do that with a lot of things. I'm self-taught on all this stuff, you know. And, oh wow. And, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say self-taught. I've had a lot of mentors and things like that over the years, but it's not formal nothing formal yeah so, no when did you start or did you start playing in bands after you started picking up the guitar and and learning how to play you know i did a little bit in pennsylvania when i was trying to figure out what i was gonna do and then i started to get this thing about like what's this who's this engineer on this record and who's this producer and i started kind of getting into that bug too probably wow. you know 18 or 19 20 ish you know oh, wow and uh i i kind of you know, did the thing where I was like, well, I, I'd love to be a rock star. Sure. Wouldn't it? Everybody. But, you know, practicality, yep. it's like, what's the fallback on? I was like, well, I'm going to investigate this whole recording thing, you know? So I got the bug and originally it was like almost to, devolve, to fall back on plan in a way, but okay. um, it, somehow I've kind of somewhat intertwined it in, in some <laughs> ways, but it's, uh, you know, at that point I, I just kind of went for that. And, and then kind of gave up really playing for a while. When I moved to California, I, I was like, I want to get in the recording studios. And uh, so I kind of concentrated on that, but I was always playing a little bit, but I didn't necessarily play in bands or anything when I first moved here. Okay. Um, and that kind of, I kind of got into that like more later when I started to go more freelance engineering and producing as well, because it just, that's what I fell into. I started meeting more people in bands and I wanted to do that more. So yeah, but always, you know, I do kind of consider myself an engineer or a, uh, I mean, producer is a dirty word these days. <laughs> is it and, really? Uh, you know, but you know, I, I'm, I'm a geek about all of it, you know? So, so what was the first real professional job you had behind the boards as an engineer or, or I guess, I guess it would be an, a, an engineer instead of, producer first um yeah um let me think i mean actual real actually first record i ever produced or not produced but engineered yeah yeah um, what's your first like, i guess what would be the first credit you would put out well, there i think the first credit that uh i think the first credit is probably on a grant lee phillips record i love grant lee phillips yeah i think that was my first credit that i i'd admit to anybody yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, and I, cause I started, um, when I moved here, I worked at this place called Guitar Center way back in the day, which was kind of crazy and awesome, like right in the middle of Hollywood and, and just nuts. Oh, wow. But, okay. You know, and I, then I started to float in the studios and stuff like that and, and, you know, interned at a few places and assisted at a few spots like A&M when it was still a, place and yeah. some things like that and yeah. you know by kind of a random chance i met john bryan and started to you know assist for him and and you know kind of be his studio guy oh cool and, uh one not long after that one day 
Although, yeah, not long after that, he uh, said, hey, my buddy Grant's coming over and he needs someone to engineer. You're going to record a record for him. I was like, all right, great. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. Uh, um, he paid me 250 bucks and a four-track cassette player. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I still had both of those things. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was it. And we just kind of camped away for a week and I, I just pressed record and like, fell in love with that guy oh wow. he's, that the, he's great the, was that the uh, ladies love oracle album yeah that was that one that i love that album Yeah, it was fun. And then, and then not long after that, I, I mean, John Bryan finished his, I worked with him on his solo record, Meaningless, and, and that came out. And that's, um, you know, those were kind of my first real credits. Okay. In, I've been, in, and I'm not a, super familiar with a lot of, uh, of John Bryan's stuff. I, I know he's done a lot of the soundtrack work. And, right. And I went back and listened to that album and holy crap, that's amazing. I Believe She's Lying is such a fantastic song. Yeah, it's pretty insane. That that whole record is is uh pretty special. It's got a great feel to a great sound. Mhm. Yeah, it's it's uh it's I it was uh, a lot of it was done when I met him and and we were just kind of uh just finalizing some things vocal here vocal okay. there things like that some mixing and whatnot but it was uh again definitely an eye-opener for what music is and and what a songwriter is yeah and you've got a, a your discography i'll say is really varied i mean you you've worked with a, a lot of amazing people but there's such a wide variety of musical types and genres in there i mean you know fiona apple uh elliot smith kanye west john bryan's soundtrack you know for uh i heart huckabees and punch drunk love and eternal sunshine of the spotless mind i mean it's just and, and it just goes on and on and i mean silver sun pickups back it's just it's a it's such a huge variety of stuff what were you doing for each of these because i know you, you've got different credits for each of these artists um like say for example fiona apple you did uh you worked on two albums with her yeah and i'm um, looking well, at your know, credits here and you've got you're listed as uh and i'm, I'm trying to decipher the key on your website here <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, keep, for, I keep it vague no i don't know yeah <laughs> um so for extraordinary machine is an e which i'm assuming is an engineer and yeah. then win the pawn and the 87 other words of that title yeah 
You, you have G slash B slash K. So. Well, yeah, I don't know. That was that was my weird way of, of kind of making sense of things. I mean, G is guitar, I guess. B is bass and stuff. I mean, th you know, that was a weird one because it was, uh, I, you know, I, I'd been working, you know, the variety really in th those days honestly came from John because he was doing, you know, everything. He was, yeah. one day we're doing a soundtrack, next day it's something else. So, you know, and that somehow never stopped, but you know, like on for that, and for instance, it, it was, uh, you know, literally like he was getting into another project. There was one song to record and we did the basics and he had started the uh, soundtrack to Magnolia at the same time, right? When we were finishing When the Pawn. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, we had a couple weeks left. And so he was in the one room doing some score stuff. And, you know, and, and at that point, I was really just kind of assisting him and, Kind of getting my feet wet, assisting Rich Costi, the engineer who engineered that record, and okay, and uh, you know we did the basic track, and John looks at me, he was like, "Hey, I gotta go work on this movie. Um, why don't you play bass on this?" <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay, um, I've never played bass on a record before. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I would he he would always let me hang in his studio, so when I wasn't working, I was always recording something, and usually my own stuff, you know, just okay, dicking around, you know, and." So I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And, and uh, I was like, what's, what's the key? And he was like, I don't know, just do it. And then, <laughs> he goes, so, so I was like, okay. And then um, he was like, just know that, you know, she's got the last call. If she doesn't like it, don't get your feelings hurt. And I was like, okay, cool. And I played, we played it for her. She loved it. And, I, and then he was like, all right, take the tapes to, to my house, do whatever you want to it. So it was one song and the way things are. Right. That one. So, um, I got to kind of have my way with that one, which was fun and, and just like completely bonkers. I wasn't expecting that at all, but you know, uh, it was a, it was a good learning experience. I mean, in so yeah. many ways of, of just like being completely, um, scared shitless. Yeah. I was going to say, that hell of a way to break into playing and, bass. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and also, I mean, I played bass, but I wasn't like, you know, I mean, I, we'd be in the studio and it'd be like these all these amazing musicians coming in and i'm you know i'd get the watch and i'd get, take notes and yeah. do all that stuff but it's you know never what i consider myself that at that point you know i still don't but you know at that point i, I was like all right let's do it and uh so it was yeah it, it it kind of like i said it led me to um i think that led me to wanting to keep a foot in the playing music and not just being the studio a studio guy and not being on that side and that's one of the things that I think John taught me was you can kind of, there's no labels for this stuff. And especially in the engineering, there's, you know, there's a mixer and there's a producer and there's an engineer. And, and now, I mean, so many years later, it's whatever, you know, everybody's doing all kinds of different things. So, yeah, yeah, it just kind of kept me grounded in, in, in just trying to, uh, trying to, trying to survive musically, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you get your first production credit as far as, as being the actual producer of an album. I don't really remember. I mean, 
I, I, for for a while, and and I still do. I, I I like collaborating on that level with other people. Um, maybe one of the first ones after I I kind of went independent was probably more co-producing and things like that. Like that's when I I did um the work Karen O on Where the Wild Things Are, right? And that was kind of like co-production. You know, um, the Liars uh, band as well. That was kind of a co-production and the first thing. And that's a cool album. Um, you know, I mean, it might say produced, but it, it's it's you know, like I said, producers a dirty word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, and and you know, and there's been a few, some, and you know, and there's been some that, you know, I feel like I did produce, but it was just engineering. I mean, that always happens. So, um, yeah, I've heard that but, one before. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that happens, and you know, I'm usually just happy to be involved. So I, I, I don't really uh, get too picky on credits and things like that. I, I, too many people okay. have. I, I've talked to artists who've told me stories about just re- literally getting held up against the wall and being like, "I'm the producer. I want a point. I need this. I need this." And and it's like, wow, come on, man. So there's enough to go around. I got to ask you about this because I'm I'm not a, I don't know this artist's work very well but what were you doing with, with kanye because i mean you, you worked on on his uh what late registration album with yeah. you know his enormous hit gold digger he got one of your kids got you for 18 years i know somebody paying child support for one of his kids his baby mama car crib is bigger than his you will see him on tv any given sunday when the super bowl and drive off in a hyundai she was supposed to buy your shorty tyco with your money she went to the doctor got lipo with your money she walk around looking like michael with your money should have got that insured geico for your money money if you ain't no punk, holler, we want prenup. We want prenup. Yeah. It's something that you need to have. What was, what was that like? Were you in the studio with him at the same time? What was the vibe? What was the feeling like while you were you working on that? Did you know it was Gold Digger was going to be as big as it was when you're hearing it being played? He did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> You know what? It was I I, I uh, it it was it was the completely opposite experience you would think it would be when you're okay. dealing with the Kanye West. Uh, um, he was great. He was totally respectable. He was a workhorse. He was just absolutely you know possessed. I, I again, it was with John Bryan, and and he got the call to what he thought was just gonna do some overdubbing. Often. People would come by and bring their drives and we'd do overdubs and off they went, you know? And oh, okay. I, I, we thought that's what it was going to be. And we spent a day or so, a day, you know, just doing some things and kind of hanging out and, and getting the feel. I honestly had just, I had not even really heard his first record. He just kind of started to come into my world. So I didn't really know of Kanye at all. Right. And, uh, <laughs> Is it's funny because you know we're sitting there and he you know there was some uh, managers around or someone from the label they came in and they're playing in the track and everybody's like this is great and 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 uh, he looks at uh, he looks at the manager he was like well you know is John with my is, as long as John's my producer I'll, uh, we're gonna make a great record wow. and he looks at John he was like you're gonna produce this right and he's like I uh, sure. Because it was he, there was no discussion of that as far as I knew, you know. So so wow. 
Yeah. And then, um, so we just then started working on this. We, we had a studio set up at the time and I remember Kanye was, had like three studios going on three or four at different times Jeez. between his record, other things he was producing and all that. When we would basically work, you know, from two in the afternoon to about 10 at night. And then Kanye would show up at about 10 and we'd work till about four. And we did that for about four months. Oh, wow. Yeah, just doing overdubs and, and he'd bring in tracks and we'd do some, you know, some arrangement stuff and play all this and, and uh, he'd do, we cut a bunch of vocals and things like that. It's hard to tell, even listen to that record, what was what. There's a lot of people working on that, but it's, oh, it's bet, uh, yeah. it was fun. It was, it was a crazy experience. The, when, I, when I said that he knew uh, Gold Digger was going to be a hit, the other thing that I thought it was funny was uh, you know, we're sitting there and, and this was the day after the Grammys that he won all the crazy ones for his first record. That was the day that we started this, right? Oh, wow. And uh, day or two after. And but there was all the hype surrounding it still. And he was like, he, and him and his manager are sitting there and they look at me and they were like, you ready to go to the Grammys next year? And I kind of gave him this look. I was like, all right, <laughs> whatever. Bullshit. But, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, not that it wasn't, but it, I, you know, I don't know those things <laughs> yeah. knows about it. And then it happened. So that's even crazier, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I actually have mad respect for the guy in that thing, in that area. I think he's a great artist. I think he's, a, he made really cool tracks, you know, I don't know, I can say, I don't know what's going on now, but yeah. you know, it's, uh, he's, he's Kanye and he's Kanye and you're not exactly that's basically kind of is he's one of those you know it, it's nuts it's pretty crazy but like i said i i i uh, nature he was always like but at the end of the day he was always really nice and 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 really cool with with me and 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 john and and you know it, it seemed like it was uh you know he's the real deal that's awesome you mentioned that you didn't win a grammy for that do you actually get the statue or do you get a certificate or what how does that work i got a statue damn that's awesome yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it, it was crazy. I didn't realize that because it was one of those things where, you know, we were up for a few things and then I, it didn't win on a few things. And I, I don't know how, like I said, I don't know how that stuff works. So like yeah. two weeks later, they were like, we have a Grammy for you. Where do we send it? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I thought we lost. But uh, yeah, they sent, they sent me a Grammy and then I, um, God. I uh, Put it on top of my speaker, and then about six months later, it fell off and broke in half. Oh, <laughs> I have fixed it, though. It took me a while, but I did fix it. Oh, man. So, um, yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Man, see, if, if, any, if I ever got that call, like, you, you've won, well, really anything, I would kind of equate that with the Nigerian prince scam. Like, yeah. oh, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you my address right away. Yeah, yeah, I'll help you launder that money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting 39 million U.S. dollars in return, correct? Yes. Can we launder a Grammy? I don't think yeah. we can. <laughs> it, it doesn't. You can't put that much money in the horn. They're not that big. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you can you get... Now, you've worked bucks. on some really cool stuff, and I was going back and listening oh, to thanks, some man. of it that I wasn't real familiar with, like uh, Rubble Bucket. Um, oh, nice, yeah. Uh, War Paint. War Paint. 
I just love that album. They're great. Yeah, it's amazing. When you're approached about a a project, is there anything that you're looking for in particular as to whether you're going to take it or not? Is is there anything that uh, sticks out as to uh, criteria? Anything that that you're you're like a hard no most of the time or? No, man. You know, I I, I wish I, I... I'd like to say I wish I could be saying no to a lot of things and, <laughs> you know, I, I wish that was a problem I had, uh, I, you know, but I, I feel really fortunate because the, the things that usually somehow come my way are things that I kind of like to do. Um, okay. And, you know, uh, you know, I think Warpaint was an example of that. Like I, I, my bandmate at the time was friends with them. We had played, I, our, my old band played a couple shows with them and we have friends of friends and we knew they knew them, but I didn't really know them okay. personally. And, you know, they were literally just kind of looking for a place to record. And I had, a, and I had just built a studio for the oh, most wow. part. And, uh, you know, the, but then we hit it off and, and we kind of tucked away for a, a little while and made that thing, you know, it's a great um, album. A fool. It's a, it's a cool record. I'm, I'm really proud of that one. And it, it's nice. Cause it, it's, uh, they've, you know, they've made some more records. It's, it's like, I, I, I feel sometimes you're, especially when you do uh, records that are early in a band's career, if, you're, if, you, if they're lucky enough to make two or three after that, yeah. you know, even if you have nothing to do with it, I, I haven't worked with them since, but I, I feel that at least that, okay, their, their first, re- the thing I made with them was received well enough that it got them to do that. I mean, it, you know, not yeah. that. I, I, you know, I won't take credit yeah. for it, but it feels good to work on something like that and at the early stages. Well, you, yeah, I imagine you would feel a little bit more connected to their career at that point. You know, the thing you did with them was good enough to get them more records. Make They had such a good experience, they didn't quit, you know, and, and they decided to make more music. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I've, uh, I, I've definitely worked on a few things that uh, never saw the light of day because the band broke up before it was ready to come out or you know or yeah. whatever anything in between that and it's it's so hard to get something out and released and 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 clicked and liked and all that these days that that anytime something becomes known is is you gotta feel lucky about that yeah i had l1011 on recently right, and right yeah yeah I, I love those guys man They're christian great. and tim are just awesome and they had so many nice things to say about working with you, which is why I reached out. The album you worked on w- with them was kind of a departure for them. Yeah. Um, and now yeah, when, when, a, when, a band, when a band, like they're, they're an instrumental band and they come to you and say, we want to do something. We want to take a hard left. We want to introduce vocals. And, and all. what are your, what's going through your head at this point? Because you know, it, it's a complete departure and you've got to, I'm, I'm sure you have to approach it a little bit differently than the stuff that they've done before. Um, 
Yeah, but it, you know, in that case, to be honest, they had most of the work done, and they, you know, we, uh, I had a little studio in my house in Echo Park at the time, and and uh, they really needed a place to kind of just do some vocals and do some guitars with the singer Emil, who was who was who sang on those tracks. So. By the time I got involved, a lot of that stuff was done. So I, I was just game for doing the project. I, 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 you know, I started to realize what their music is and, and I knew of Emile's band a little bit too. So I just thought it was going to be a, a fun little thing. And, uh, but I, and I still love their instrumental music. Like I, I've, I probably was only a little bit uh, bummed that there wasn't any of that, like, you know, <laughs> or something, but, or, or whatever, maybe some days if, if you guys are listening i would love to record you no, but, but they you know but it's it's been guys actually my good friend sonny DePerry worked with them on their uh records that came out recently and and, and stuff like that they're, they're oh, just the a great band tautology yeah and they're, they're um they sit just good dudes yeah oh, they're, they're, that was a great. fun couple of days they were yeah they were they were awesome to have on they did We've kind of sporadically stayed in touch and they're just, I, I told them I was having you on and they were just so thrilled that they were just really happy to hear that, that you're going to be on the show. So I'm oh, sure cool. they will be listening. Cool. You've done some different things. All right, so, so you've done, like I, like I mentioned before, a wide work with a wide variety of artists. Have you had an artist that you got everything done and you're thinking it's going to be a hit, you know, a, a real successful album or or, or sick yeah. and, and it just didn't hit it was there is there something that, that really surprised you that wasn't uh, yeah yeah or maybe something that you think maybe that's a bad way to put it maybe something that you think deserves more attention than it got everything i've ever recorded <laughs> um. well there you go i, I mean no 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 i know honestly, i know I, what you mean um one, one of the things that i would that i really discovered today actually that you did was uh rubble bucket's doobie brothers cover uh, uh, yeah right that's really cool yeah that was a cool one he's watching her go Well, they're a band in, in particular that I just wish would be the biggest band in the world because they're awesome and I love them dearly. And, and, uh, it's, uh, you know, I just think they're so, they're just awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we just did a little EP together, which is, you know, you never really expect those to, uh, bust out on the charts, Right. But, <laughs> you know, but that was fun. It was, it was, it was a good time. They, they, you know, went and hung out in New York with them and, and, and did some fun stuff. So, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to say. Cause like I said, yeah. I, I, 
any time I've been fortunate enough to work on a record that is, you know, out there and released in in a nice way, you know, you want people to like it, and, oh, and yeah. uh, not only for you but for the artist. It's like I, I know it's being in bands and 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 trying to put out things and never really having anything hit. It's like I know how heartbreaking that is when you work your ass off on something and yeah. it's your music and your, you know, whether you're just a player in the band or whatever you, you want it. It's uh you want to be able to go and do those things and, and support yourself and be a musician. Yeah. And it's not always about being, you know, super famous or anything, but it's, it's just being, uh, being able to, being able to have a job, have a career yeah. and, and do things well, and, and, and play music, and you, you know, like, like you had just mentioned, you know, you, you putting your heart and soul into this and, and you want people to hear it. So, you know, it, when a wide, variety or a large amount of people do hear it i'm sure that's a lot more satisfying than it never seeing light of day because the band broke up immediately after you uh, yeah you recorded it's, it it's 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 a fair amount more satisfying than that yeah <laughs> so on the, on the flip side has there been something that you've worked on that just blew up that you, you're like i have i had no idea this was going to be this big um hmm besides kanye um you know i to be honest i would probably have to say war paint okay you know uh, it's not that i didn't believe in the record or anything like that i just i think at that time i was a little bit more disillusioned because you know like i said my band was kind of breaking up the band i was playing in and yeah and you know i was pretty much like I, i started to you know just see some of the shit some of the record labels were doing and budgets were starting to get smaller and all of this started happening around you know at that time and you know i just didn't expect because i just figured that you'd put it out and maybe to have a run that go on tour for that cycle and maybe something else would happen but that's gonna be great you know yeah but it's done well and and it's and i've gotten i've gotten uh I've gotten work off of that record, so it's, oh, awesome. it, that's also a nice test of how, you know, if, if it was any good or not sometimes. You know? I, like I said before, I, I love it. It's just got such a cool, like, shoegazy, Britpop meets post-rock sound to it. It's, it's the only really way I, I can think to describe it, so, which are all things that I love. So you, yeah, you smash them all together, and it, that's, that's a winner for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> When you're playing with your own band and your own music, are you kind of also taking the reins as engineer and producer when you're recording your own stuff? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I did kind of by de facto in some of the bands I've played in much to, I, I never wanted to, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> we never had a budget to hire anybody. So I just figured I'd do it. Um, so there was, there was always that, but, um, and then, you know, like at home, I, I, you know, I'm just usually if I'm by myself, I'm just tinkering and doing some songwriting and, and, you know, I've been working on some, doing some film music a little bit and, and some things like that. More, more stuff of my own. Okay. Record, you know, um, you know, or co-writes and things like that. It's, it, 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 you know, that's enough to kind of keep me busy and just start, keep throwing things at the wall at least. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to you know, it's nice to know how to record yourself. Yeah, (laughs) I wish I didn't sometimes, you know, because that's it's kind of your worst crutch at some point. Uh, You're trying to 
trying to get a, a cool performance and you're worried that, you know, oh my God, the snare's rattling. It's like, <laughs> you, 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 you know, you, so you, you gotta, you have to try to, um, turn it off, I guess. I never, I didn't think of that. Now you mentioned doing some soundtracks when you're working on a soundtrack. Do you have to approach that differently than working on like, let's say like war paints album. Is, is there a different approach that you would take because it's, for a film rather than a collection of songs that somebody else wrote yeah yeah i mean it's it's a little a slightly different approach in the recording and it just depends on you know pe- depends on the composer depends on okay. what what the piece is um you know uh some of it's you know not much different than making a rock track or something like that but yeah. um you know you're doing it to picture you're doing it you're also doing it to committee that's collaborative there's a lot of people involved at, at times um Okay. You know, um, so it's a different, it, it's definitely a different thing. I, I mean, it, it's, uh, working with John, it was a little bit different because he is so unique in what he does. He, he doesn't necessarily do things like other composers. Okay. Um, you know, and other things, I mean, I've, you know, recorded and mixed a few things and that's usually just, it, to me, it's nice because it, it's a chance to record strings and and you know the nice yeah. studios and all that stuff and and uh i love that you know recording a quartet or or any kind of a string section or horns and things like that so you don't often get to do that so when there's a movie yeah. or a soundtrack you get to do that sometimes and that's always nice now, are you also i'm, I'm assuming you, have, you get to watch the film before you you yeah that's the worst part stuff <laughs> is it that's the worst part <laughs> why is yeah. the worst part well, I mean, you know, even more so than a record, like it, it's, it, it's hard to listen to the work you've done sometimes because you know, all the mistakes, you know, uh-huh. all, everything that was in between it and you've heard it. You'll never, I, I, I'd like to say it's like, you never have that chance to hear a re- that record you're working on like a fan for the first, when it's, you unpackage it and you, you listen to it for the first time, you don't have that. You the I you have the first time you might have heard the songs, whether they're on a demo cassette or something. Yeah. Um, same thing with the movie, but I think it's even worse than the movie because with visuals, you you know things are coming and like oh here's that moment. It's like it's a little hard to dis- you disguise it a little more in a record, you know, and you give it time and you come back and you, you do it. But uh, with movies, it's always like you know, especially the ones that I've been fortunate enough to work on. They're so weird that I. I you know, <laughs> I never got to. I never got to have that surprise of the the, the seeing it like that. But it's, oh uh, wow! And then there's certain things you just know because you've watched it a hundred times for this five minutes, right. or, or ten minutes of the movie. You might have just spent weeks watching that scene. Oh you know? man! So you you get to know it in a really weird way, and uh, it's fun though. I, you know, it's you just. It's uh, part of the sausage factory. Yeah, yeah. that's what this podcast is all about. Yep. I should have called it Sausage Factory. <laughs> That'd be a different podcast. <laughs> so, what's the worst thing that's happened to you in the studio? Obviously, the, the worst if you thing. Want to, the worst thing. Yeah, and obviously, if you want to, you don't have to mention it. You know, artists. It could be <laughs> some kind of equipment going down, or just whatever you're comfortable throwing out there. I think I have like 10 listeners, so. <laughs> well, if any of those 10 listeners have ever recorded to analog tape, they're going to know that we're accidentally erasing a track is probably the worst thing that you can do. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's happened? 
Yeah, it's happened. That's terrible. I don't, you know, I don't like to admit it, but it's, it's, you know, even though it was technically, you know, I mean, you're, you're the engineer, so you're, there's no going back with analog tape. Right. You erase it, you erase it. It wasn't, you know, and it was an accident. It wasn't anything that was like in, even in the heat of the battle or anything like that. It was a, it's actually a mislabeled track, you know, and I didn't know, I didn't know what was on there. If I would have, you know. Like, that's why track sheets are important and all those things. It was just, it was, it was a bonehead thing. And the worst part about it, and I won't mention any names, but okay. it was a song and the artist, uh, his girlfriend had recorded a vocal on the tape and, uh, months prior and, and when we went to look for it, it wasn't there and realized that it accidentally got erased. Um, cause I think I was even printing Simpty or some bullshit like that. And, uh. <laughs> the worst part about it is he broke up with her oh previously so there was no way he could even call her in and be like hey can you come in and re-record this it was like he had already they've been broken up for months <laughs> <laughs> so we just kind of looked at each other and was like well i guess that's that's uh that's the uh proper omen i guess <laughs> but you know you it know still feels it still feels terrible when, when something like that happens or you you know you know, you're not recording when the someone's playing a thing. Uh, going back to John Bryan, one of the first things that I remember with him is uh, we were doing a, a session. Um, Jim Keltner was playing drums. It was on the, that Fiona Apple record that, that won the pawn. And bass player was in there. And, and like I said, I was only kind of hanging out. I wasn't engineering or anything at the time. Okay. And I, you know, watched John kind of run in the room and just yell, record! Because they had started warming up. And there, you know, warm ups are first takes like that. There's only one chance to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember the engineer diving and putting it in the record <laughs> and, you know, I, in getting, getting the take, but it's like, and it was a beautiful take, oh, you know, wow. and everybody thought that they were just warming up, but, you know, it basically taught me that it's like, there's no such thing as warming up. It's like, there's no such thing as demo takes. There's no such thing as that was a first take. It was shit. It's maybe it is, but for the most part, you record everything. Uh, you know? The Neil Young technique. You record everything and then you accidentally erase it later. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but you, you know what I'm saying though. You, you just yeah. got to be prepared to, uh, you know, don't miss those moments. Um, because when those moments get missed, that's when it's really, that's when being in a studio just isn't fun. Yeah. You know, when you realize that like, ah, oh, damn, that, that was, they played it and you know, the mic wasn't set up right or something. It's like, you can't go back on those things. So you just try to be prepared as much as you can. Do you have a favorite moment in the studio? One that you like to reflect back on and say, this is why I got into this. Well, it was 1967. (laughs) I'm not that old. Uh, I was negative 12. (laughs) Oh man, there's been a lot of them. I, you know, there, there's just been a lot of them. I, I mean, I think that whenever you, um, singers can be very, you know, very self-conscious and, and demanding on everybody and themselves. And when you, when you let them do their thing and they come out and they hear themselves and they hear what you've coached them into, or they give you that trust to let them sound good or whatever, when you look at them and they're smiling and you know that and you look around the room and everybody's grooving that's kind of as good as you can get i mean yeah. there's it's uh there's plenty of times where you look around in a studio and people aren't 
happy. They're not, they don't like their parts. They don't like the bass player's parts. The, the, you know, they, there's, there's many times for that. Right. But when you, when everybody in the room is dancing and, or if it's just you and that person, you and that singer and you, they leave the studio and they're happy and they call you back the next day and they're like, holy fuck, you know, that's, that's always fun. That's awesome. How did you get into working on guitars and repairing and, and oh. luthiering? Is that a word? Is that how you say that? I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of guessing. Even know. I don't know. I had, I had to look it up. <laughs> so I spelled it right. I have uh, Google uh, have the pronunciation for me. Oh man, I always used to tinker. I I, I uh, have always like done setup and things like that on my own guitars and, and took care of John Bryan's collection when he was there. And I didn't get into too many crazy things, but um, over the last couple of years, I just started getting the bug and tried to build a few things and you know and just get better at doing those kind of things. It's like uh, yeah. like I said before, like learning how to do stuff. It's like I really respect like a really good guitar guy's art you know, doing frets yeah. and, and doing those fine detail things. And some of the beauty that people make in, in guitar building is pretty amazing. But I'm like, well, I can do a fret job. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> sure. And, and seven guitars later. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> no, it's fun. It's, it's, it's a fun thing. And it keeps my own. I have, you know, my own little collection up and up and running. And it's fun. I got a couple old guitars that, that needed some work. So I was like, let's see how i can pull the neck off of an acoustic and oh know, cool I'll, uh you know so like, then then goes down the wiki hole of like how steam how to steam a guitar neck off yeah. with, a, <laughs> with an espresso maker and uh and you know all of that in between which i did that's how you that's one of the ways you do it so oh wow yeah if you take an espresso machine like an old like a just a little old one and a uh a hose and a like a basketball needle yeah a pump if you pull out, I think it's the 13th or 14th fret. If you pull out that fret, that's right where the joint is on the neck. So okay. if you drill a hole in the joint in the fret and stick your steam in there, it steams the glue and it allows you to pull it off. On, <laughs> oh, and wow. it's nuts. It's nuts because you, you're doing it and you're like, how is this even possible? And then I'm it works. ruining my guitar. <laughs> yeah. Now putting the neck back on is a whole different story because... Fenders and things like that, it's easy, a bolt-on, no big deal. Right, Take it yeah. off, put it on, put a shim, that's easy, you know. Uh, but an acoustic was, it was almost like, it was like my last frontier. I was like, if I can do this, <laughs> then... I can do anything. Yeah. So, so it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's uh, yeah, and it, it's, it's, you know, and I just started helping some friends out that needed something, needed a fret job, or my, one friend of mine had an acoustic that was literally broken in half, and I was like, I could fix that. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken my own neck off. Oh, my, yeah. my guitar. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's fun. It keeps me busy. It's one of, one of my obsessions that uh, keeps me away from doing anything that I'm supposed to be doing. Now, I was looking through the uh, gallery that you had. It looks like you got a, a nice double rick. That, ah. That was cool. Well, yeah, that's actually, that's actually a friend of mine's, um, this band Sego. Or actually, Sego, but Spencer from Sego and, and his other friend. Uh, he had that the double neck and he brought it over to me one day and he was like, Hey, um, it's a little big cause it's, it's just, it was a, it's a double neck. So yeah. he's like, it's going into my armpit. He was like, can we do something with this? I was like, you can cut it in half. He was like, can we? I was like, <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> it was, 
disclaimer it's not a real rick it's a it's a it's a uh, uh <laughs> knockoff you know okay good <laughs> um but still i was like okay well let's just take a saw to it so i took a saw to it cut it in half took a couple inches out glued it back together realized it was crooked had to unglue it back together and put it back together again glued it put it all up and then wow they have another one i actually feel really bad because i was supposed to dad they, the his bandmate bought another one davy bought another one because they wanted to have two on stage okay and which i'm for uh, oh yeah <laughs> two double neck bass and guitars <laughs> i don't care what music you're playing i'm gonna watch that oh hell yeah <laughs> you know so uh i i, oh, I owe them a call i hope they're not listening because <laughs> but no it, i only did one of my 10. yeah but it was that, that kind of fun stuff you know just dicking around with band saws I saw one on there that was a little odd, and I, it looked to me like a, a, a Weissenborn. Are we actually working on a, a Weissenborn? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay, it, it had the shape of the of the, Weissen, the Weissenborn. There's a little mandolin know. on there, I think, and 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 some things like that. Um, okay. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Because I haven't surfed my website in a while. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a thing most people do. I don't, I don't even have one for my show at this point. Oh, I'm sure people do it. <laughs> I'm sure well, Kanye is on his website right now, going me, 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 me. No, I'm joking. Yeah, that's not nice. Uh, yeah, there was all kind of weird things on there. Some, like I said, friends things, a couple of silver tone acoustics, and some things like that. Some harmonies, and those things are easy. To, they're not easy to fix, but they're they're out there, and if you do a few things to them you could really make them in a nice playing guitar so okay um, i'm looking at it right now it, it's it looks it's a it's black and it's got looks like it's a super wide neck i'm not exactly sure be, what that just that might is. be one of my that might be one of my lap steels i have a couple of little oh, lap steels okay i have a there's a is it green uh let's see it looks like it was kind of taped up let me see here i'm gonna pull it up while i think i'm so here. curious there's uh, I, yeah, it looks like a like a weird green, but it's got that very strange Weissenborn looks shape. Like a toilet to seat. It. Looks like a toilet seat. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a that's a that's a lap steel. That's a okay. um, it's a uh, a ma old magnetone lap steel. But oh okay, okay. My wifey bought me for my birthday one year, but it's uh, it's uh, it's nice. It reminds me, I got to do some work on it because the pickup doesn't work. <laughs> well, one of the things I also like is your uh, your photos, your studio art photos section. I oh, was thanks, uh, man. I, I, I started to get into that before I before the pandemic hit, and then I like a lot of people was gave up on life for the past nine <laughs> months and felt that me the last thing I need to do is to be self obsessive about art and things like that when all the shit is hitting the fan. So I, I, I should get back to that. I'm glad you like that stuff. Yeah. I, I was a photographer for, for like 15 years. So oh, nice. So yeah, I went to college for it. So nice. I used to do it professionally. So I love the uh, abstract stuff you've got on there. That's really, really awesome. That's, that's right up my alley. Oh, cool, man. I'm, I'm glad you like it. I, I've been, I should post more of that stuff. I have files of it. I just, like I said, it's been admittingly hard to be uh, self-absorbed these days. I, yeah, I, I can understand that one. I mean, we're not all Kanye West. Not that, uh, yeah, not, not that all artists are self-absorbed. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying that every singer in a band just wants to hear them. I 
No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so are you still working on your own music at this point? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I just, uh, before we, uh, before we started, I'm, I'm help, helping a friend doing a, uh, a little short film and I'm, I'm, uh, pretending that I know how to play piano for an afternoon or two. And, and that's uh, awesome. You know, just doing some stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just, um, what, what? I dropped the mic. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I mean, I, we've been, it's, it's pretty, it, it's pretty chill around here. You know, I got a couple kids running around the house and, you know, yeah. between, uh, building playhouses and you know, <laughs> I, I garden too. I mean, that's, that keeps me busy. So oh, like nice. I said, I have many things that keep me away from doing actual music and creative type things. It's <laughs> between gardening and kids and, and all that stuff. It's, uh, any, any excuse that I can get. Yeah. <laughs> so have you, have you worked on anybody's stuff during this whole lockdown stuff and has that kind of changed the way you approach producing and engineering since everything's so remote um you know what to be honest for the previous year nothing has changed i i for like uh well a lot of, a lot of things have changed i have my studio out in my back it's in my garage and you know i do a lot of mixing and stuff out there and I've been doing a lot of remote mixing anyways, and people just send you the files. So, uh, I, you know, I, I don't need an excuse to not leave my house, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> I know that feeling. Uh, but you know, I, I, right before the pandemic, and it's funny, it just came around again. Right before the pandemic, I, I did a mix for this, uh, this guy, Nancy, who is, uh, from what I can tell, I have met him. He's from England. He's a seven foot tall, literally seven foot tall rock star dude <laughs> that, uh, Whoa. Uh, makes really great, cool music. And we, I, so I mixed an EB for him right before the pandemic. Literally, like, I think I just got the last approval on mix notes. And then like the next day, the shit hit the fan. And oh, wow. I, did, I just figured that, you know, I didn't hear from anybody and I just figured everybody's dealing. So, and then I literally got a call from them last week and they're like, Hey, we want to do a record. You want to do some stuff? So I'm like, yes, that's when I found out he was actually seven feet tall. Um, <laughs> How did and that just, come up? just for that, just for that, I want to do this. Like, it, like I, 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 I walked by Shaquille O'Neal once and it was like, holy shit, what, that's tall, you know? And like, I, but it's seven foot, seven foot. I want to see what a seven foot per person looks like. So that's why I said yes. <laughs> just that for that reason. That would be reason. so crazy. I'm, I don't know about you. I'm a very short guy. I'm five foot six. So seven yeah. foot seven foot's pretty big that's oh my that's like that is literally a foot and a half taller than me that's it's, it, it's nuts it, it, it's pretty crazy i've seen pictures of him with his bandmates and they it's like wow his bandmates are short it's like no 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 it's <laughs> no, they're, they're just regular <laughs> yeah yeah so you know but but yeah i mean that's kind of what i've been doing I, i've done a couple mixes here and there over the past couple months nothing too crazy i mean the thing that I've been spending a good bit of time with is uh, I'm helping some friends, some new friends. They took over the Beastie Boys studio in Los Angeles. It was called G-Sun. Oh, wow. And there was a space there and it was literally going to get demolished pretty for the most part, as many things do. And yeah. the uh, guy was driving by and he's been a fan, so he, he knew where the building was and he would, you know, when he when would be in Atwater Village, he'd, ah, that's where the Beastie Boys had their studio and stuff. And it was like, that's where they rehearsed. It was like Grand Royal Records and everything. And, and uh, they were going to tear it out and make it into office spaces. And he was like, stop. Oh, made a couple phone calls. They 
got the space they so we're um we're kind of in the process of of figuring out what to do with it oh wow yeah um the, we've talked about doing um a lot of like live streaming type things there's a nice big giant open space that uh you don't get to see a lot in these parts okay um unless you go to a, one of the big studios but and, you know a little tiny control room nothing nothing crazy but um it's a really cool space and it's got history and it's a fantastic sounding room uh, as far as a recording room so um yeah we'll see we're gonna put a studio there and and cause there's, there's nothing in there's no gears and any so i've been okay uh, i've been gear shopping yeah <laughs> and, uh, i've been uh I, i've been uh you know, trying to trying to get that kind of squared away so we can kind of see what happens in the new year. You know, it's a terrible time to open up anything like that. I mean, studio is a terrible business anyways, for the most part. <laughs> really? I've, I've been told that it's the worst thing that you could do with your money is to own a studio. But, uh, uh, but it's, it's, I think it's a cool thing and it's, they're, it, they're going to have some like live performance stuff there and, and stuff. And, uh, it's a great team and, and exciting stuff. I mean, it, it'll, uh, it's right across the street from one of my favorite little breakfast burrito places in Los Angeles. So I'm Ooh. very, very excited for that. That is awesome. Ha oh. Having not left my house in nine months and not had a, been to a restaurant or anything like that. Um, oh. Yeah, no, my wife and I, we, we stay at home. We, we haven't done anything. Oh man. Uh, so having not done any of that for nine months, I just need, I need to go to a taco truck. But you need a burrito. I need a burrito. Man, I'm I'm the exact opposite because I've had to go to work every you, single day you're throughout out there, this whole yeah. thing. Yeah, that's that's. 40, uh, I yeah, commend you. I've had a 45 minute commute each way every day. That's that's. I commend you. I, I uh, at least get to be at least at least you get to be in your car most of the time. Yeah, I I, I listen to the. That's why I listen to podcasts and music at this point. That's why I do a lot of my listening prep for my guests. <laughs> oh nice yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean i i was uh designated essential when this whole thing hit and then when it came time for me to you know say hey i'm essential how about giving me a raise i said hey you're not that essential <laughs> oh so, did you did i hear essential i i thought you said something else i thought you said I'm asshole. sorry yeah you're one, uh, of the, man. you're one of my asshole workers yeah yeah I am that too, but well, you know, well, sorry to hear that, but you know, <laughs> well, hey, Tom, I've, I've, it could be worse, man. You're working. I, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah. It, it, there's a lot of, a lot of people who, who aren't. And, um, yeah. I, uh, I just hope the best that, that it, I'm positive for the, our near future, but it's, it's, uh, it's a wild world out there. So who knows, you know? Yeah, and you don't know what it holds, but uh, hopefully things will start to calm down and uh, studios, live venues, entertainment in general will start to open up so we can all kind of breathe again. Oh, yeah, it, it, it will. I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a manager, a band manager and stuff, and uh, he works at Red Light, which is in Virginia. It's, it's you know, down, down there and it's okay. giant. They manage everybody. And, you know, I was like, what do you think, man? Is it going to happening oh it's happening it, people are doing it it's like you know there's tours booked for europe where in the places where you can go and you know it may not open up all at once in in, in the states but it's gonna happen and yeah and and people figure it out i mean people were doing you know the drive-in shows which yeah seemed weird I, my my nephew is a my nephew's a, a music fan he goes to a lot of concerts and he was like 
he sends me a picture from one. He's at a drive-in show. He's like, honestly, this is actually pretty awesome. I'm just sitting in my car, sitting on the roof. I got beer. I got the other things that you do during a concert. And yeah. I am watching this show and it's great. And nobody's sweating on it. It's like, you know, it was a nice way to, it was a nice way to see a show. So I can get behind, I, I can get behind those weird things like that. Oh, like yeah. some, some sort of creative way of making it happen where everybody's safe and you know, everybody can have a good time and see a show. Yeah. And you know, music is such a creative endeavor anyway. Leave it to the to the musicians and, and the people behind them to find a creative way to do shows. I mean, it, it's it's awesome. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's people people need to be entertained, but also artists need to entertain. Yeah. That's their job. That's what they that's what they're put here for. So Yep. However, that is it, it, it's you know, and when you can't do that, I, I you know, I feel so bad for some of my friends that really rely on touring that have been fortunate enough that they can get into that spot where they can. They're doing this. They're they're out. They're touring. They're they're actually making a little bit. They're doing their thing. But then you can't do this. So yeah, you know, and they can't really necessarily fall back on record sales or things like that. So not anymore. Any, any way that you can figure out to do it, like people are doing the live stream concerts and all of this stuff. It's like whatever you got to do, and and. That's, I think, what's been amazing through this, uh, you know, this year is, is watching people keep going as much as they can. Yeah. Know, however they can. Yeah. Yeah. Watching them innovate and be, be creative in, in ways to, to sustain themselves. It's, it, it's Im- impressive. It's amazing. And I, I'm just so happy because I have a lot of guests on here on this show who, you know, they're, they're in small bands, they're local bands who, you know, wherever they're at, they've released an album or something and it's, like you just said, they they can't rely on album sales anymore. Not the way the music industry is now, not with streaming and all that. So they've got to find other can, ways really, to do it. Yeah. You know, my hope is, there, you know, there's going to be a lot that to analyze over this last year, not only in music and things like that, but in social, economic and political. There's so many things that we're going to be analyzing and learning oh, yeah. from. And I, I I hope that we can figure out a way in the music business to you know, figure out a new way of doing things. Um, everybody's streaming, but nobody's making money on that. Well, someone is, yeah. but you know, and, the, and there's, and there's fights and people are being vocal and, and hopefully those things will get resolved. But it's, um, it just makes me mad that it's so hard for artists and musicians to make a living. Yeah. You know, yeah. and some do, and, and there's all the gigantic, Famous rock star people, they, they, we're not worried about them. I'm not, I'm not, right. I'm not crying for Keith Richards right now because the Stones can't tour. Like, what the hell, you know? Yeah. But, you know, there's, I, you know, most of the bands I've worked with, they're, they're all bands that they got to work. They got to put out records and they got to do the cycle and, they, and they're doing it. But yeah. if you can't do that, you, you, you know, and, and they're, uh, you know, it should be easier even if there's not a pandemic. It should be easier for, yeah, I would, I would love it. I mean, if it was, I, I would still survive. be a photographer. Absolutely. Yeah. But three kids made it tough. <laughs> yeah. I needed a steady income at that point and some three insurance kids. at that but, point. But that's the thing. Here, here's the other thing. Photography, what's, what's beautiful about it, there's nothing stopping you from taking pictures. Oh, no, I do it every day. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, art and, and things like that, it, there's, you know, there's no clocking out. You just do it. No. If you have the bug, you do it. Yep. And you decide and, and maybe there's a point that you decide it's like, Hey, you know, let's, let's do a show. Let's, let's, let's get some of these out there. And 
you know, there, there's always steps. And I, I feel like now more than ever, we have to multitask as individuals anyways. Like yeah. I, I find myself doing that in, you know, and especially now it's like, you have to multitask because it's, it's hard enough to make it doing one thing. Even if you have a steady job, it's, yeah. hard, it's sometimes hard enough. So, you know, it's like that, that saying, you know, if you can find a hobby that you can make money in or you can, your other interest, figure out a way, you know, and, and yeah. one thing doesn't have to make you uh, uh, rich, but if, you know, many, couple little things here, a little thing, you know. Lots of irons in the fire. Exactly. I've just, I've always been a fan of that anyways. The, the, well, you've been, you've been doing it for a while. You've, uh, you know, producing, mixing, engineering, you've, you've multitasked your whole career. Being in a, a musician as well, you know, this is right up your alley. <laughs> yeah. Some people call it multitasking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a joke with my wife whenever, see, if, if you hang around with me enough, you know that there, there is a bit of chaos. There is a bit, there's a, there's a lot of nice big chunk of ADHD in there and all that good stuff. So there's, there's a lot of shit, but then things somehow filter its way out. And I, I, I joke with her. I was like, it's just like jazz, baby. It's just, you just improvise and like jazz. <laughs> that is perfect because that's the way I am. And my wife is not that way at all. Yeah. My wife is the one that, that handles the, the budget and, and makes sure mine the bills too. get paid. That's, that's why I can make that joke with her because mine too. And she knows that she knows that I know that she knows that I know yeah. <laughs> that I am a lucky son of a bitch sometimes. And, uh, you know, and for her and, you know, for many things, but it's, uh, throw them things out into the world. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, she's because of my wife and my family, I get to be creative and do my photography and do this podcast and, and talk to awesome people like, like you and, and the guys from L1011. And, uh, I mean, I've kept you a while. Thank you so much for spending so much time and, and, and talking about oh, my your pleasure, career. It's this is, this really been a blast. Yeah, man, this was fun. Thanks for having me. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 